KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. County health officials say San Diego County will stay in the red tier of the state's COVID-19 system. The weekly update from the state came down on Tuesday. San Diego's case rate is just over the state's threshold to be moved into the purple tier, but because San Diego is testing more people than the state's median, the overall adjustment was lowered. A social media post has led to a San Diego police officer being suspended without pay. An Instagram account that appears to belong to Jonathan Lucas, a four-year San Diego Police Department veteran, contains a post mocking a streetside vigil of a man he shot and killed this past June. At a press conference Tuesday afternoon at police headquarters, Chief David Nislight said that this type of behavior from an officer is unacceptable, especially during a time of heightened scrutiny on policing across the country. This unnecessary act only reopens wounds during an already painful time. I want to assure our community that I do not take these allegations lightly. Officers take an oath to protect and value all life. Lucas was one of two officers who shot and killed 25-year-old Leonardo Ibarra. Ibarra at the time was armed and was wanted in connection with a robbery. Chief David Nislight says the investigation into the social media posts is ongoing and that further action, including termination, could be taken against the officer. Organizers of Operation Shelter to Home have asked for an extension for the homeless housing program at the San Diego Convention Center. They want to keep it running through the end of the year. Barbara Bree was among several San Diego City Council members to express support for the extension. Operation Shelter to Home has created closer collaboration between the city and the county, which is a good thing in addressing um, a regional issue of homelessness that it is proven that when we can address people's individual needs, that we can um, have good outcomes. The program gets people moved into permanent housing through partnerships with different organizations. The city council expects to make a decision when funding details are finalized. It's Wednesday, September 30th. This is San Diego News Matters from KPBS News, a daily morning news podcast powered by everyone in the KPBS newsroom. I'm Annika Colbert. Stay with me for more of the local news you need to start your day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. The state has reopened public playgrounds after KPBS reporting found that they were closed indefinitely with no plans for reopening. Now they're reopened with a few added rules. KPBS's Claire Tregesser reports. Are you excited that the playgrounds are going to reopen? Yes! Four-year-old James McCann got some good news from his mom. 
after more than six months, playgrounds can finally open. What else are you going to do besides the swing? I'm going to play on the, on the slides. The slides. The state announced that effective immediately, outdoor playgrounds could open regardless of what COVID tier their county is in. But there are a few rules. All kids two and up must wear masks. Households should keep six feet apart and come back later if the playground is too crowded. No eating or drinking, wash hands before and after, and caregivers should supervise kids to ensure they follow these rules. A growing body of evidence shows that COVID-19 is much more likely to be passed when breathing and talking than by touching surfaces. Here's Rebecca Fielding Miller, a UCSD epidemiologist. If it's safe to go to a restaurant that's serving beer where you can hang out inside and drink with your friends and linger for several hours, it is certainly safe for your kid to go down a slide. KPBS's story earlier this month prompted State Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez to ask the governor to come up with a plan for reopening playgrounds. She also sent a letter signed by 23 state representatives. So often we forget about some of the most obvious things because it's not economically related and yet it has such an impact on our families. Gonzalez says the fact that playgrounds reopened so soon after the KPBS story tells me that maybe this was forgotten and um, it was it was exciting to see it get elevated and addressed so quickly. Just because playgrounds are open, it's still up to parents to decide whether it's safe for their kids. So what will James McCann's fate be? But if it's not too crowded and we'll, you know, bring our hand sanitizer, <laughs> maybe, um, maybe some cleaning supplies to wipe a few things down first. She's definitely happy to have a place where James can get out and burn off some energy. That was KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser. A city spokesman says all of the tape around the playgrounds should be down by Friday, and the county playgrounds will be open today. Major changes to how we vote are in the works now due to the pandemic. That's despite elections only being about a month away. Mary Plummer reports for iNewsource. Starting Monday, check your mailbox. Unlike in prior elections, all San Diego County registered voters will now receive a vote-by-mail ballot automatically. Ballots need to be postmarked by Election Day. A new state law allows extra time for them to arrive and be counted up to 17 days after the election. If you don't want to mail them, there will be more than 100 drop-off locations. You can also bring your ballot and vote in person if you'd rather, but check your sample ballot for a location near you. There will be far fewer polling places this year. As a reminder, you don't need a stamp. The return envelopes are postage paid. That was iNews Source reporter Mary Plummer. The deadline to register to vote and get a mail-in ballot is October 19th. For a complete guide to all election changes this year, go to iNewsSource.org. iNewsSource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. Meanwhile, as November approaches, California voters say they're concerned with the integrity of the upcoming election. CAP Radio's Nicole Nixon reports. 
A new UC Berkeley poll shows 42 percent of likely California voters don't think the presidential election will be conducted in a fair and open manner. And more than 80 percent are worried that many Americans will not accept the election outcome. That's concerning. David Levine is an Elections Integrity Fellow with the Alliance for Securing Democracy, a bipartisan Washington, D.C.-based initiative. It's concerning because what we see is that voters aren't necessarily aware of all of the steps that election officials, their federal partners and others have done to make sure that our elections are secure. Levine says that includes things like paper ballots and post-election audits. The poll also shows an impact of President Donald Trump's constant attacks on mail-in voting. Only 50 percent of Trump supporters say they'll vote by mail, compared to 90 percent of Joe Biden's supporters. In Sacramento, I'm Nicole Nixon. A new mural was unveiled in Chicano Park earlier this week. It's a tribute to Anastasio Hernandez Rojas, a San Diego resident who died after a confrontation with Border Patrol agents at the San Ysidro Port of Entry 10 years ago. Hernandez Rojas was beaten and tased, but no Border Patrol agents were held responsible for his death. The new mural was created by Victor Ochoa, one of the original artists at Chicano Park. The completion of the two-sided mural was delayed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. It depicts Hernandez Rojas on one side and his widow and children on the other. It also includes the faces of several children who have died in ICE or CBP custody in recent years. San Diego port officials celebrated a $24 million upgrade at the 10th Avenue Marine Terminal. KPBS reporter Eric Anderson says the port facility is now more flexible with receiving cargo. Large blades destined to be put on electricity-generating wind turbines lay side-by-side on the port terminal grounds. They're stacked where two long warehouses used to sit. Port Vice Chair Michael Zuchett says the change at the terminal allows the port to accept specialty cargo like this. They're 67 meters long, uh, and as you see, and there's 45 of them, so as you stack them end-to-end, it's, uh, what, two or three football fields worth of uh, windmill blades. And this is something that would not have been possible before the modernization project. This port plan is also part of a larger plan to eliminate some of the pollution generated here. That includes replacing diesel-powered vehicles with electric ones. Eric Anderson, KPBS News. Coming up on the podcast, the San Diego Italian Film Festival and the GI Film Festival kick off tomorrow. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando has a preview of the busy fall film season. That's up next after this. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. 
COVID has forced film festivals to postpone and regroup online. For San Diego, that means the busy fall film season has become even more crowded. KPBS film critic Beth Accomando previews the GI Film Festival and the San Diego Italian Film Festival that both kick off tomorrow. The GI Film Festival and the San Diego Italian Film Festival both have a strong perspective to share. Keisha Javis-Jones is a former Marine who served on the advisory committee for the GI Film Festival. She says it's important for people to know history. So a lot of history is yet still untold. This is one of the ways that the GI Film Festival is making such a huge difference in telling those untold stories. As a combat veteran myself, I know that Not many people other than my immediate family knows any stories that uh, I connected with personally or hardships that I had while I was in uniform. In Their Own Words is one of six documentaries screening at this year's virtual showcase. Something said, boom, I look up and there's a hole in top of the canopy and fire came up out of the floor. I landed right in the middle of the guys who shot me down. So I spent nine months in Germany as a POW. The film interviews some of the surviving Tuskegee Airmen, who were the first African-American fighter pilots to serve in World War II, says Denton Adkinson. This was the first time that African-Americans were given the opportunity to serve in officer roles. It was sort of a test by the Air Force, the Army and the Air Force, that ultimately succeeded. And from their service record, Along with other units, the uh, military was desegregated in 1948. Adkinson co-directed the film with Brian Williams. One of the things that we realize is that these were the precursors to Rosa Parks, you know, to, to Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, these men paved the way for them. The film gathers remarkable personal stories and uncovers great archival materials. Williams says there were many anecdotes they wanted to include, from Eleanor Roosevelt's impromptu flight with a black pilot to an attempt to integrate an all-white officers club at Freeman Army Airfield. So at one time after the Freeman Field mutiny, you had a camp where... Tuskegee Airmen soldiers were being kept under lock and key while German prisoner of war were walking around the camp free as a bird. That's crazy to think that happened in America. Although they might not see themselves as activists, the Tuskegee Airmen helped change America. The San Diego Italian Film Festival has made activism this year's theme, says artistic director Antonio Iannotta. And so we selected the movies having in mind this general theme, activism. This year is an election year. We really believe that everybody needs to do their part. And But our movies are not going to be just about uh, politics or uh, immigration, but also about art, also about disability, also about uh, um, gender inequality, also about inclusion. The festival opens on Thursday with a film titled It Will Be Chaos. I'm very excited about that. And uh, we thought that this was the perfect movie with the perfect title to start, uh, you know, this particular uh, festival. Executive director Diana Agostini points to another film with a title that challenges you, Normal. What is normal anymore, but also it touches upon a concept of normality related to gender stereotypes in Italy. And uh, we loved that movie. It's very experimental. It's a totally different experience also. So our audience really needs to go into it having not just an open mind, but just thinking, okay, this is going to be something 
that I would not expect from a normal movie. Challenging audiences to embrace the unconventional is key to the Italian film festival. The film Michelangelo Infinito, for example, shatters the traditional documentary form in order to create a dynamic portrait of the influential Renaissance artist. Art has the power to transform our lives and has also the power to transform an artist's life. And we're going to see and experience that for Michelangelo. So what we're going to see with Michelangelo is is a sort of documentary biopic reinvented because we're going to have two um, actors, one playing uh, an old Michelangelo remembering his life and work. And on the other side, we're going to have a scholar, a historian that wrote a book about Michelangelo and all the other artists in Renaissance Italy that is going to tell us also, you know, insightful information. And redefining what an Italian perspective can be is a film about a Muslim man called Bangla, says Agostini. It deals with um, identity, identity in terms of uh, where your traditions from your family, where you're born, where do you feel you belong, and the struggle between that. It brings the idea of activism to a personal, everyday level. So that of being an activist in your everyday life, which is what we hope also our audience can take out of this. In addition to the films, which are available Thursday through Saturday each week in October, there will also be a Zoom discussion each following Sunday morning. The early start time is to allow filmmakers with a nine-hour time difference in Italy to join the conversation. The GI Film Festival also invites audiences to partake in post-film discussions online. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. For more information, check out Beth's Cinema Junkie blog at kpbs.org. The GI Film Festival San Diego is presented by KPBS. And that's it for the podcast today. Thanks so much for listening. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.